Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Show, where we explore all things productivity, well-being, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. If you have a hard time holding yourself accountable, then today's video is for you. I'm going to respond to a recent reader request, try saying that three times, on how to hold yourself accountable so you can actually do the things you wanna do even when nobody is waiting for you to get said thing done. So let's get into the question and then I'll get right into the answer. Okay, here's what the reader asks. I would love to see a video on how to hold yourself accountable. There's been so many times where I just don't do something because the consequences are minimal to non-existent. For example, turning in a proposal late because no one will notice or say anything. How do I make consequences for myself when no one else will? And how do I actually follow through with said consequences? I can intellectualize procrastination and avoidance all I want, but at some point I actually have to do something about the procrastination and avoidance. I love this question for two reasons. First of all, it's a very common issue for ADHDers, so I love addressing things that I think are going to be universal across the community, but also because two of my favorite thought leaders in the field of mental health both dropped some really priceless content this week that I think relate perfectly to this question. So let's get into it. So first of all, I wanna start with something that I've been talking about for a long time, and I think it's really important to underscore here. In the reader's question, they ask, how do they actually follow through on something when nobody's expecting it of them, when there's no consequences for getting it done? So the first question I would ask this reader if we were having a coaching session together is, why are you doing this in the first place? Because if you don't have to get it done, if there's no consequences for not doing it, and you also don't have enough inherent interest to want to actually motivate yourself to do it, then the question then becomes, why is it important to do it in the first place? Is it something that you want to do or is it something that you think you should do? Because if it's something that you want to do, then very often there's enough intrinsic motivation for you to generate enough interest to at least get started on the thing. But if you are procrastinating even starting, then there's got to be a deeper issue at play. And this is where a brilliant podcast recently released by Andrew Huberman is perfect for this conversation. He was interviewing Adam Grant, who, as you probably know, is an organizational psychologist, a best-selling author, and he's really prolific on social media. And this conversation was perfect for today's topic because it revolved around procrastination and how to get past it. The bottom line that Adam Grant shared is that there's typically three things that will motivate someone to push past procrastination. Number one is intrinsic motivation, meaning that you are personally motivated enough to initiate a task and follow through on it. Now, obviously, that is the optimal situation you want to have happen when you need to self-motivate, but rarely does it work out that way. So if you don't have enough intrinsic motivation to do something, the next thing to lean on is purpose, meaning we personally don't want to do it, but we know it's better for somebody else or the greater good. And that brings us some inherent sense of joy or purpose in order to do something for someone else such as taking your dog out at 3 a.m. for a potty break. Is it something I'm intrinsically motivated to do? 
Oh, hell no. But is it something that I have a lot of purpose around? Absolutely. Taking care of my dogs is very important to me, especially as they get older, grumpier, and less likely to sleep through the night. So if you're not inherently motivated to do something and there's no purpose behind it, that's a very good indication that it might not be something that you actually should be investing your time and energy into. But the last thing I thought was really interesting from this interview was something Adam Grant called motivational interviewing. Essentially, it goes like this. If you're struggling to get started on something, I might ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how motivated are you to follow through on this task? And you said to me, probably around a 2 or 3. I would then say, well, that's actually pretty surprising. I would have assumed it was a 0 since you can't find any motivation to move forward with it. What is it about this that gives it a two or a three? And that is a prompt for you to go back into your brain and reflect on what might be intrinsically motivating for this or what might be purposeful for this. So for example, if you were having a hard time getting to the gym and I said to you on a scale of one to 10, how motivated are you to go to the gym? And you said maybe a two or a three. And then I asked you, what makes it a two or a three instead of a zero? And you said, I like being around other people. That response is then a clue or an indicator of how you can then lean into those attributes a bit more in order to motivate you to move forward. So bottom line, if social interaction is enough to motivate you to work out, that's a good indication that you need to find a form of movement that is more socially engaging than just going to the gym. So I love the way that question prompts further investigation and exploration. Because if I just simply asked you, is there anything that might possibly motivate you to go to the gym? You would immediately shut down with, no, I hate going to the gym. Now, if I asked you that initial question and you came back with zero, on a scale of one to 10, there is zero reason for me to be motivated to go to the gym, then it is very unlikely that you're going to self-motivate to get to the gym. And at that point, you need to have an honest conversation with yourself about how important this really is if you have absolutely zero motivation or purpose or drive to actually do the thing. The other interesting idea that I wanna layer on top of this response is something I heard from Dr. K from Healthy Gamer GG. And if you're not following Dr. K, you absolutely have to. He is a Harvard board certified psychiatrist, super smart, and he's also got a really interesting perspective on mental health from an Eastern philosophical perspective, which I admire and respect a great deal. Now, in a recent video where he was talking about finding the motivation to be your optimal self, he mentioned something called the HPA axis. That stands for hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenals. So the HPA axis represents the connection between your nervous system and your endocrine system. Now, the interesting thing about the system is when your body experiences stress, it sends a message from your nervous system to your adrenals to release cortisol. That is a stress hormone. Now that might sound bad, but to some degree we need cortisol in order to get things done. It's our get up and go juice. However, very often we're dealing with too much of it, but that's a conversation for another video. But the important thing to know about that whole process is that it governs our energy output. So here's the interesting thing. Even if your energy is at 100%, if you're faced with doing a task that is super boring, then this system is not gonna generate enough cortisol for you to get up and go and do the thing. On the flip side, if the task is so big and feels overwhelming to you, 
it will completely put you into freeze mode because there's too much cortisol in order for you to focus on the task at hand. When I think about a task that's just so big and overwhelming, I could even possibly begin to get started on it. I think of going to a networking event. I think of a ballroom where there's a bunch of business people in suits or women wearing pantyhose and everybody's passing out business cards and it's small talk from here to next week and it makes me want to just throw up in my mouth. I could never in a million years do that. However, somebody else who's really extroverted and loves to schmooze and loves meeting new people might thrive in an environment like that. So as you can see then, this task, which it feels overwhelming to me, is not necessarily overwhelming to everyone. So it's really not about the task. Very often the task is neutral, but it's our opinion of the task that makes it either overwhelming or too boring to get started on. So the question then becomes, what is it about yourself that makes that task feel too overwhelming or too boring to get started on? So when I think about that example of networking, I think about my identity as somebody who is very authentic and straightforward, doesn't enjoy small talk. I think about myself as somebody who's a little socially lazy maybe and a bit introverted. So when I think about those beliefs, that is what makes the idea of going to a networking event too overwhelming to even get started on. So the question then becomes, what is it that I need to change about myself or the way I see myself in order to do the thing? Now, in this situation, I might say to myself, I know that I'm a good person, I'm a nice person, I'm an interesting person. I also know that I'm a lot more capable of being social when I'm going to an event with somebody else that I already know and I have that zone of safety. So from that point, I could then start to talk myself into doing something that I'm not motivated to do. However, when it comes to networking events, it's not just that I'm not motivated, is that I have no desire to go to networking events. So it's a non-starter for me. So that comes full circle to me once again asking you, if you are having a hard time generating self-accountability to do things when nobody's watching or nobody's asking you to do something, you have to ask yourself, why are you doing it in the first place? If I'm not intrinsically motivated, there's no higher meaning or purpose behind it, there's not even a glimmer of motivation that I can work on. And when I think about that HPA axis, it's either way too boring or way too overwhelming. And there's nothing about myself or my identity that I want to change or reframe in order to move forward with that thing. If all of those things are a hard no, then you just simply do not want to do the thing badly enough in order to get it done. So while this reader was asking me how to use self-accountability in order to get things done, what I am saying in a long-winded kind of way is that self-accountability is not really what you need in order to push past procrastination and get things done. So instead of trying to force yourself to do things that you're not really interested in doing and there's no consequence for you to actually get done, instead, Use your energy and focus towards things that do interest you or that you have some intrinsic motivation or that you do feel strongly about. Forget trying to do things that you have no interest in doing and that you don't actually have to do because all you're doing in that situation is banging your head against a wall. It's actually not self-accountability that you need at all. It's a healthy dose of self-awareness to ask yourself, why am I trying to force myself to do things 
that I don't wanna do? How can I stop banging my head against the wall and actually move myself in a direction that feels good? So that is the job that I think you have ahead of you. And I hope that in some way I've inspired you to think about your situation differently. I will link to the two pieces of content from Dr. Huberman and also Dr. K, so you can go check those out and dive deeper into the whole realm of motivation and truly understanding your brain so that you can go after what lights you up and find your zone of genius. It is out there. Trust me, you're just focused on the wrong things. So, hope that was helpful. I'll see you in the next video. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.